Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet for wieners. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. You have found the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about things that involve live fire in some form or fashion. Sometimes no fashion at all. No barbecue or grilling stuff that we've talked about. We do that every now and again. Thanks again to Emily Detweiler and Malcolm Reed for joining me last hour. If you're just tuning in now, you missed out. However... You are certainly more than welcome to grab the podcast tomorrow, either through the platform of your choice on podcast, or you can just go to my main website and check out the archives right there. If you don't want to do the normal podcasting stuff, like through your smart devices or whatever, just go to my website Wednesday, Thursday, Friday every week, and all of the new episodes are right there. You don't have to be held hostage by the podcast terrorists if you don't want to. If you are past that, you don't want to get involved with it, it's too technical for you, the list goes on and on, then just go to my website like a normal human and you have all the archives right there on the page. You're fine. Very easy. But again, first hour will be released tomorrow, second hour on Thursday. Friday, I'll get to here in a second. Still to come on this show this evening, Sam the Cooking Guy and Jamie Provides. Here we go. You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram. Also, the same handle on Twitter, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. And from what I understand, quite a decent eyeball view on the YouTube. So that is continuing to grow. I think Facebook is probably still the bigger live and uh, chat, whatever. But we are encouraging and pushing people over to the YouTube live stream. I know Jason King is a big believer in the YouTube live stream as well. So he knows everything about YouTube. He's a YouTube expert. That's where we can really start to engage and interact. I can steal your questions that are really good, pass them off of my own, and look really smart in front of the guests. I would never do that. Coming up. On the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. This Friday, what do we do? We journey back to 2013 and chat with one of the co-founders of Code 3 Spices, Chris Bonemeyer. Also, we have a, a recollect visit with my mom during her then Connie's Recipes Corner segments. Amongst other items that we talk about with her, she shares a recipe for minestrone soup. So be ready with the release in the podcast feed this coming Friday for the Best Moments show. Now, the Best Moments is the 
only true podcast that the show is offering at the moment. That, of course, executively produced by John Solberg, Michigan Embedded Correspondent, longtime contributor to this show. So you have to be subscribed to the Barbecue Central Show podcast feed. And if you are, you will get that every Friday as a thank you from us to you for subscribing. Plus, you get the week's shows released in podcast if you miss it. Hate that you miss it, but if you miss it, I certainly understand. You get Tuesday, Wednesday, or you get uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and then you get the Friday best of. Yin's Love Barbecue says, YouTube is a great place to watch because it plays nice with Chromecast to his TV. Thank God for Chromecast. Otherwise, Yin's would be wondering what the hell's going on. Yins better be acting nice. So look forward for the best moment show coming up on Friday. Again, Chris Bonnemeyer, Code 3 Spices, and a segment with Connie's Recipe Corner sharing a minestrone soup. Just to name one thing. Usually it's a appetizer, a main course, and a dessert. We get you the full meal. So that was you know six years ago. I don't remember exactly. I believe, as I had mentioned at the top, that's also where you might hear what else month it is. Not just National Barbecue Month. You know what I mean? And then there's this. You know you are reaching out to get the top 10% of foodie rich rich folks when you make this kind of a product available. That is what? What? 100% dry aged Wagyu beef hot dogs. What? From Crowd Cow. Yeah. 100% dry aged Wagyu beef hot dogs. Now, Crowd Cow has long been a trailblazer of high-end meat, uh, only getting it from ranchers that they have been sourcing, going to the ranches, verifying quality, and then you become a stakeholder as you buy the meat from that particular rancher they're culling from at that point. They have also gotten into lamb, which I've seen. They have also, is chicken out too? Some specialty stuff here and there. They had the olive-fed Wagyu a handful of months ago. I think we actually talked with the guy, uh, Joe Heitzenberg, over at Crowd Cow when we were talking about the olive-fed beef that they were bringing in. Uh, one of my pals, Jason, I think actually had and tasted the olive or the olive-fed beef, the Wagyu beef, and he said it was really good, by the way. But here we are. With 100% dry-aged Wagyu beef hot dogs from CrowdCow. $20 a pound, that equals eight Barkers. You might think I'm joking you, but indeed I am not. In fact, to give proper credit, the longest-running Barbecue Central Show embedded correspondent, Doug Scheiding, is the one who sent this to me. And you know that that had to be painful for Doug. Because there are two things that Douglas hates in this lifetime. 
hot dogs and kids, and not necessarily in that order. I wonder if a 100% dry-aged Wagyu beef hot dog has any better chance of hitting Doug's cookers than just the regular trash wieners. I bet not. I would have Doug's attention all the way through that sentence until the very end with the last two words, hot dog. Right. He would be like, yes, 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 no! Take your 100% dry-aged Wagyu beef hot dog the hell out of my patio, pal. I hate your 100-aged, what? Your 100% dry-aged Wagyu beef hot dogs, and I hate your kids. Beat it! I don't want any part of it. No way. I guarantee you he doesn't want any part of 100% dry-aged Wagyu beef hot dogs. But if you are, you go to crowdcow.com, you shuck out 20 bucks for eight schweens and get your Wagyu beef hot dogs. I think Snake River Farms also has Wagyu beef hot dogs, if I'm not mistaken, but I do not believe that they are billing that being Snake River Farms as 100% dry-aged Wagyu beef. That undoubtedly begs the question. I'll let Wagyu beef hot dogs go. I mean, it screams, look at me. It screams opulence. It screams decadence. Did I say it screams, look at me? Wagyu beef hot dogs. But what is the dry aged part? Now we've opened up a whole new can of worms or can of Wagyu beef. What does that mean? 100% dry aged. For two days, for four days, everybody knows I want to get my hands on a 70-day dry-aged prime beef from La Frida Meats, but I can't do that yet because they're not available yet. What's dry-aged mean when it comes to my Wagyu beef hot dogs? Crowd cow? 30 days? 28? Is it just a tenderness thing and you're not bringing a funk factor? That's really going to play into whether or not I'm going to drop the 20 bucks on the eight schweens or not. And how much is the shipping going to be? It's It's got to be at least as much as the hot dogs. And so now you have to struggle with, am I going to buy more than one? You buy five packs, you spend $100 on 40 hot dogs. That's a lot. 100% dry-aged Wagyu beef hot dogs. What does that mean? Investigative reporting to follow. We'll get to how many dry-aged days that is, sir. If you want to be looking at me, hot dog guy, go to CrowdCow right now. I'll have you on the show for a whole breakdown. Some of you guys are ordering, right, feverishly ordering right now. I'm going to get on the show. I'm going to get on the show. Kinger, do it. I know Kinger will do it. Kinger will do it. Sign up. Let me talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue before we get to Sam the Cooking Guy, established in 1882. Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas, owned and operated by the same family for three generations, famous for the original beef sausage, coarse ground and a natural pork casing. 
Authentic Central Texas-style barbecue as well. All meats, including the prime briskets, are smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. Ship nationwide via the online store, (laughs) southsidemarket.com. They ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note. Mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. All shipped items vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. All meats are processed on the on-site USDA inspected facility. The uh, on-site meat markets produce fresh and smoked product. Custom orders welcome as well. Two restaurants to try if you want. Elgin, Texas, and uh, since 1882, a bass drop since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. Here's the kicker. 10% off coupon or 10% off coupon on your entire order when you go online, southsidemarket.com, and use code BBQ Central. Lowercase BBQ Central, all one word. Again, that's southsidemarket.com. Southsidemarket.com. Nick and the gang helping support the show and allowing you a 10% savings on everything, not just on the first order, mind you, on all of your orders, southsidemarket.com, with code BBQ, the hell, BBQ Central. All right, Sam the Cooking Guy joins me right after this. Stick around, I'll be right back. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue Bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also buy on Amazon.com as well if you want. No problem. All right. The other first Tuesday of the month guest happens to be a social media maven. He is on television. He is writing cookbooks. He's teaching classes. The list goes on and on, of course. It is Sam the Cooking Guy. Hey, Sam. What's up, Greg? How are you? Sam, uh, let me ask you a question directly. This has nothing to do with what we were potentially game planning. I was just talking about this uh, before we went to break and then brought you on. Uh, are you familiar with a company called CrowdCow? No. Are you tra- CrowdCow? Yeah. Are you trapped in a basement? I've never seen you wherever no, the hell you I are. Know, I know. I know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not at my place. You're it's, in uh, Cleveland <laughs> in a basement. No. <laughs> uh, no. That's just for girls that are locked up in. That's right. That's right. Little box. That's how we do it. Uh, okay, so no crowd cow, but here's the question that I wanted to ask. You. Um, you have seen Wagyu beef. You use Wagyu beef from time to time. You have seen the growing interest in dry aged beef, whether you're doing it at home now. A lot of people are trying to do it at home, like craft brewery or brewing your own absolutely, liquor, or whatever. Absolutely. Uh, dry age than people think, but right, go ahead. Right. So dry. Do you have any interest, any interest at all in 100% dry aged Wagyu beef hot dogs? No, I have none. Get it out of here. Thank you. Are we trying to 
I mean, we're are just, we trying too hard just we're, to say that? We're just pandering at this point, right? We want the very high end. You want what, what's, a, what's next? Fucking I, truffles in there, dry right? aged truffles. That's right. Wagyu dry aged with dry aged wagyu uh, <laughs> truffle hot dogs with gold effing leaf yeah. on the outside. Gold How leaf, about those yeah. places that put freaking gold leaf on their on the top of their food gently yeah well um what's his name is doing it full full-blown uh overlay that new new you know salt bay the guy that does the salt uh, well, i don't even like him this guy is a well he's a, pro- a prolific restaurateur but he has gold covered steak i just saw him slicing one up the other day you know now the new like, thing what's the is point in that looking is that at gonna the change cam- anything i other than the price, I don't know. I mean, I know that you oh, have a you have a weird looking deuce coming oh. later. I tell you that gold laden deuce. Kidding, Am you're, I blurry? I feel like my no. camera is. Hold on, no, you're fine. Oh, uh, okay. Now everybody's okay. having a seizure in the audience. But that's fine. <laughs> Do you have? It looked like there was like uh, you know what I keep here. I'll show you. Yes, I don't. I, I I'm concerned that somehow somebody will hack my computer one day. Yours, and I'll be I'll be sitting there in you know my boxer shorts on a Sunday morning, you know, with a Bloody Mary resting on my stomach, uh-huh. and some creep from Cleveland will tap in. So I keep a fruit label huh. uh, over my uh, my uh, the camera. The camera in the front of my computer, except I fear that sometimes it makes the shit blurry. So no, you're fine. Uh, everything looks good, up. sharp, no problem. Uh, any thoughts on who's going to the NBA Finals quickly before we get into no. cooking? Canadian, I don't care about that. Do you watch next ho- topic? Do you watch, do you watch hockey? Uh, I've seen hockey. Oh, you're not a hockey fan. Here's the deal. I live in the United States because I was asked <laughs> to leave Canada because I didn't brace it like everybody else. Huh. I have all the teeth in my head. Uh, I, I've not, uh, I've not, uh, I can't skate. I can, uh, I get bored at a hockey game. Mm. I'm a bad representative of the country. Apart from the fact that I did do three types of poutine on the today show in Vancouver when they were there for the Olympics. Oh, so, um, I'm glad you brought up the today show lest anybody forget. And go if ahead. you aren't familiar, do yourself oh. a favor and go to the youtube.com. And Google Sam the Cooking Guy tells Kathy Lee and Hoda mm. to shut the F up during his I segment. never said shut up. I never said F. Will you please I be said, quiet? My, please, please, please be I quiet. Talk? That's what I said. Please let me talk. 30 seconds. That's what you said. I, I remembered it verbatim because it was one of the most uh, incredible moments in the hit. So incredible, you ended up on the Howard Stern show talking about it. Because of it. Right? Yes. Great. Because of it. Unbelievable. Yeah. And so, he, as as he was, as he um, should have done, he tried to get me to say terrible things about her. Them? Oh well, I yeah. guess it was more Kathy. Well, because Kathy Lee was giving was you some really shit. Kathy Lee, he didn't he didn't give a shit about uh, Hoda Copy, right? Because at the time she she wasn't nearly as important as she is now. So he tried to get me. Look, if I called her the c word, that probably would have been like the icing on the cake or yeah. something. But you wouldn't take it. But A, I, I didn't consider her that. I, I thought the whole thing was done out of entertainment uh, purposes, my part as well. And um, and I think uh, had I called her the C word, I had two upcoming visits to the Today Show scheduled. The phone would have rang as soon as I hung up with Howard, and they would have said, <laughs> thank you, you're never coming back again. Yeah, right. 
So I mean, so, we're, it was it was entertainment value on your part because you watch those. I mean, you're certainly no stranger to how TV cooking segments work. It's like uh, 30 seconds and get through start to finish, include everything, and then the host is going to like uh, prep you along the way or uh, hand uh, hand uh, take you down the path of let's hurry up and get this really over with quickly. And now you got these two girls just barking and barking and barking. I would have been like, hey, the whole shut time. Up. You know, here's the deal. It was my second time on the Today Show. I mean, I've been at 12 times. Yeah. My, my first time, as I like to say, someone could have given birth beside me and it wouldn't have made any difference. I was just focused on getting through my, you know, few minutes. Yeah. But now the second time, I'm way more comfortable. And now I'm hearing everything, including all of their, like, banter. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like, bookended by Kathy Lee Gifford and Hoda Kotb. And it's just this, and I'm trying to talk, and I see, I watch the clip now that's been, you know, watched like a million and a half times or something on YouTube, and <laughs> I get, I get anxious watching it. I feel the those same feelings are coming back. Mm-hmm. They've brought me from San Diego to 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 talk to the audience about these recipes, right? And these two, there's, I can't get the words out. I'm trying to talk. It's like suddenly, it's like suddenly, you know. Uh, you're trying to talk and a train goes whizzing by the mouth is moving, but nobody can hear the words. I had to find a way to, and I just went, please, can I talk? Right. And, and they, they stopped talking and then they started making fun of me, but it was good entertainment. <laughs> and I think Kathy Lee Gifford, you know, pushed it along because she understands whether you like her or not. And I, I like her. Um, she understands television and what makes interesting, fun television. As does the Today Show because they had me back a whole bunch of times. Yeah. I think they recognize this guy's not just a you know mealy mouth, boring chef right. that's going to go cut this chicken, put it in the pan, now stir it, now there you go, you've got something nice. So I go with the moment, like I do on our YouTube channel, like I've always done. Yeah. If I was shooting my TV show and somebody's phone went off in the background, you go rather ballistic. than ignore it, I, I would yell at them, "Hey, right. come!" fucking working here cut the phone stuff anyway so that's uh yeah go yeah, to, i have a question for you so hold on go to youtube if you've never seen it just google or, or youtube sam the cooking guy uh, uh hoda copy kathy you'll find it it's it's so worth the watch if you type in sam the cooking guy and kathy lee it's there you don't even have to get okay. out the gifford and it yeah. will show up all right great okay you have a question for me that certified angus beef event you went to how was that <laughs> I didn't go to a certified Angus beef event. What wasn't there a certified oh. Angus beef event like in your in your borough or wherever you live in that dark <laughs> dark darkness of Cleveland? You know, I just had you're the, uh, you're, you're the barbecue guy. I just had Malcolm Reed on in the first hour. He's the guy you typically follow, and you made room yeah. for my sponsor, which I appreciate. And uh, I mean, I, so I assume you were semi following these guys on Instagram a little bit, or. Or something, or you're—I'm not sure exactly how you find out. But go ahead, stumble your way through this. I, there's nothing to stumble through. I didn't get an invite. That's it. Uh-oh. It's easy well, enough. A bunch of dickheads. How do you Whoa. not get invited to that? I don't know. I look. I'm not here. What have I always said? I'm what? not going to sit here and pander and oh, I'm I live this way <laughs> or I live this close. You should have. Here's why you should. I'm either building value on my own and you recognize it and you get aboard this train like all of my sponsors do, or I haven't done a good enough job 
at doing that, so you don't ask me yet. Or, and I'm not saying this was everybody, you have people that have played the social media system and appear to be a much bigger deal than they really are. Those people piss me off. So, and uh, those people piss me off. Very easy to to pick apart who those people are. And here's what I say. uh, And I said it last week. Name some of them right now. Come on. I'm not going to do that. But I, I will say this. It's very easy to figure out who I am and am not talking about because if the people that I'm not talking about are showing up on this show, I'm probably not talking about them. Okay? Not bringing on malfeasance and ne'er do wells on my show. Nothing but the prime real estate. Now, I might get duped. Not the, not the, here the occasional ne'er do well? I mean, I get duped every Could now and fun. again, just like everybody. Sure, but it's got to be in the right instance. But not on purpose, thinking that I'm passing them off as an expert or an authority. Look, I'm just giving you crap for that. Thank you. You know, there are moments, there's things that happen for (laughs) in San Diego that I don't get invited to, and um, and and people with much uh, less cred, street cred, or whatever, go to, and they make a huge deal about it. And I look at that and I go, I didn't want to go to that stupid thing, anyways. And maybe on some level I did. I think I don't want to go to most things, yeah. but I do want the, you want the invitation. Invite me. Let I me say it. I don't want to right. go right. rather than just don't invite me. Of course, me. because can you imagine if I would have gotten the invite for last week and I live uh, 50 minutes from where Certified Angus Beef is from my door, 50 minutes, in traffic 50 minutes, and I would have been like, no, 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 no thanks. I mean, I would have got murdered yeah. if I would have got the invite. You know, so I mean, either way, I'm a loser. I didn't get the invite, and people assumed I was there. You're not and a loser. Me I was blah blah blah. So well, if I, you were a loser, I wouldn't be. It's here. not a winning situation I'm here because it's not a winning I'm situation. A friend, thank you, that has never met you, right? Ever. <laughs> Do you think when we meet for the first time, we'll like make out for a little bit or something? Yeah, why not? Oh, I'm down. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about hamburgers half your very audience, quickly. Actually. I know everybody's like, what did he just say? <laughs> it was too much. It was too much. I would like to point out he just said just for a little bit. So, I mean, don't yeah, get all crazy like, maniac. On. I mean, give me a break. Who does say you like for an hour. It happens every once in a while. A little bit. You are going burger crazy on your Sam the Cooking Guy YouTube channel. I've seen your version of a Big Mac. I've seen your yeah. version of a four by four animal off-road, whatever in and out burger style thing. Animal style. You don't have in and out there. So no, you can't know. Of course not. And then, uh, I, just recently I saw the beef times brisket burger that looked absolutely amazing. It was, it was a, it was a 50, 50 burger. 50, half 50. of it was, half of it was 80, 20 regular beef, ground beef. Right. And the other half was a piece of brisket. I ground myself Oof. with my kitchen aid attachment. Hmm. And it was effing ridiculous. Wait, so we're re- we're 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 celebrating National Burger Month by doing three burgers this week. Is on it our national? Channel. Is it National Bar- uh, Burger Month? Yeah, it is. Did you know it's also National Barbecue Month? No, I did not. Did you also know what? Go ahead. It's what? National Masturbation Month. It is? Yes. Oh, don't, don't you even lie like you didn't know. I didn't say anything. So thankfully, <laughs> I'm, I'm a full supporter. Yes, of course. Wait, so we shot today. Yep. Max and I shot today. We shot the other two burgers for this week. Um, what the hell were they? You, you, did, you shot today, you said. Yeah, wait. Hold, hold on. Maybe I should today. be interviewing Max. 
You should be interviewing Max because yeah. apparently he's well. He's definitely younger and he's got more of a head than I have. Hold on, uh, can I do this? Okay, so we did a a a chili cheese hot dog burger. Mm-hmm. I'll let you figure out what that is. You can watch that tomorrow. Friday, you can watch. Can I show you a picture of it? Yeah. Let me go uh, full so screen. This, yeah. I'll tell you what it is. I don't think if it'll show properly. Ah, uh, shit. A lot of light on whatever the light part is. Yeah, I don't know. How Looks to like it's that. glowing. Yeah, that's all right. No. Okay, it's a really good picture that I wish you could see. If I send it to you, can you? No, it's not going to work, is it? No, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a uh, an Eggs Benedict burger. Oh, oh. Wow. Yeah. That sounds uh, Crazy. Uh, that sounds opulent. It, it was so I wish you could see this picture. I'll send it to you. It was so effing good. Oh my god, it was so effing good. So is it uh you, the the onslaught of burgers is uh, solely because it's burger month? Is that what the, the, well, no, the idea the, was? The the the, the in and out 4x4 was just because we wanted to do it and had been it's been requested. Mm-hmm. We tried to list, you know, the change we made in our YouTube channel about a year ago. Um, one of the things we changed was listening to what people were asking mm-hmm. for. And they were asking for stuff like this. 90% of our audience are guys 18 to 34, 35. And they want this food. Gone are the days of me going... Uh, I think we'll shoot today a um, a Chinese chicken salad just because I wanted it. Now we make things that people want and request. Hmm. And burgers happen to be right in there. And the bigger, the messier, the – and, you know, it's funny because I go along and I make these things. And I know people are only watching this or never making these things. But when I'm down – when I'm, like, out on the street or at not not – uh, people come up and go, dude, just made this, mm. just made that, just made that. And people are making this stuff and they're happy and it's great. So what I, what I enjoy watching is, you know, some of the times you're showing the original sandwich, but then you're also showing the one that you've made, but in true Sam yeah. the cooking guy fashion, you've taken the concept of whatever the one you're going to construct that day is, but then you throw in your own tweaks, you upgrade the beef. Oh. You add uh, this kind of an ingredient or you enhance an ingredient, use a better version of that ingredient. And that's just kind of your modus operandi. That's my thing. But I also want people to do that. And the sort of part of the point of that is that I fear that people are too locked into recipes. You know, I used to be this guy. When I started cooking years ago, if somebody sent me a recipe, it could have 147 ingredients. If the last ingredient was a pinch of cayenne pepper a pinch and i didn't have cayenne pepper i wouldn't make it oh but now i take or somebody sends me a recipe and says when you try this i substitute i change i leave shit out it doesn't matter and i want people to start to become comfortable in the kitchen and the way you get comfortable is by changing things don't be so tied to exactly what some stupid chef says you have to do Make it your own. If you don't have ground beef, but you happen to have some ground, I don't know, pork, fucking use it. Who gives a shit? You got to get comfortable. And by changing and by using what you've got, you can find that. And throw away your measuring spoons. You don't need that shit anymore unless you bake. 
And then I don't pay because I don't know. It's too it's too technical. All right, we got two minutes left because I diverged us unfortunately again. Terribly. Uh, hamburger. We basics. never talk about. I know. It's like the Howard Stern show. We, by the way, we're gonna have to clean out the computer once a year and go through the eighty-seven hundred topics we never got to. Oh my god, I know. What one of these days we'll actually stick to the outline right off the bat and we'll leave the stuff no, at the end in case no, we need some. No, it's film. never I mean, gonna happen. I know. We will never, never do. That. Hamburger basics, real quick. Uh, beef, yeah. fat, uh, kinds of yeah, beef. Yeah, yeah, Should yeah. you keep extra Look, you fat? Look, you go to the store. You go to the store. If you're just, you know, one of these people that is just going to buy what's there, they make they make ninety ten, which yep. means ninety percent lean, ten percent fat. They make ninety five. I don't know. Ninety three Giant Eagle. Ninety three seven. Fuck it. Eighty twenty. That's what you want. Yep. Oh, if you're going to buy just one type of ground beef, just buy the eighty twenty. That means twenty percent fat. Fat is flavor. It's deliciousness. It melts it's amazing that's what you want now if you want to get a little crazy do what i did with that burger that we made uh, on monday on yesterday's uh youtube episode i did half brisket half ground beef have your butcher grind it for you if you can hmm. if they have the ability have them do it i'm telling you it's a much much more delicious steak like it's a really good burger more beef more pronounced beef flavor, would you say? Yeah, 100%. Hmm. You throw that thing on a, on a grill, especially like a flat top or something, you really smell the beef cooking uh, in the air. It's outstanding. It's a, the, like the best thing to do. Do you have a meat grinder? Uh, I have the attachment for my KitchenAid. There you go. Then you have a meat grinder. Yep. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you – gentlemen, how many women watch this show? Be honest. Um, there's a two in the chat room right now. There you go. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a KitchenAid mixer, you go buy like a $15 attachment that lets you grind your own stuff. And it doesn't matter what you're grinding. Anything goes through there. Mm -hmm. Beef, chicken, pork, who cares? Veal, that aged hot dog with fucking Wagyu and shit like that. You, which, by the way, is probably a good thing to do with that. Yeah, right. that shit up and yeah. put it into something. Put that in a hamburger, and then you got your hot dog hamburger mix. Yeah. Okay. So, so basics quickly. I have probably eight seconds left. Eighty twenty beef. If you're going to buy it straight from the store, but learn how to cook a burger, and that means get an inst a good instant read thermometer. Don't guess all this bullshit that you would do. This isn't lean. This whatever medium rare, rare whatever. Well done. Forget that. Don't guess anymore. Mm -hmm. Get an instant read thermometer. A good one will read in three or four seconds. Don't overcook your stuff. Pull it out when it's medium rare. And for those of you that go, I like my stuff, well done. Smack yourself in the head and get a life and understand that <laughs> well done is no flavor. Hmm. I think the people that like the well done food, the well done steak or whatever it is, Salmon, can you cook it more for me? Chicken, can you cook it more for me? No, I think the problem there is, uh-oh, a dog just came in. Um, I think the problem there is that they, it's a mental thing. I think if you blindfolded those people that hated medium rare food, hmm. blindfolded them and gave them two bites, one well done, one medium rare, they would invariably say the medium rare one tasted better. Mm -hmm. Because they just don't know. It's a mental game for them that you have to knock them out of that. Send them to me. 
I'll fix them. Well, and you can find them over at thecookingguy.com. You can go to the YouTube mm. channel, subscribe there as well, and be one of the many hundreds of thousands of YouTube subscribers. Thank and you. You can check out all these new burger recipes that are getting slung up here. They just got done shooting today. And then the uh, first Tuesday of the month going forward, at least for the foreseeable future, you will find Sam the Cooking Guy right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Sam, What's always. What's that mean for the foreseeable future? I'm, You're who, cutting me off or, uh, already? No, I could get into. I, I'm learning how to drive a big rig right now. I could get into an accident. It could be the end of the Barbecue Central Show. I mean, oh, don't God. Say that. Wait. Heaven forbid. Well, just the power piece, not the trail. Wow. Yeah, so that's exciting, man. Oh, you feel very like that, exciting. You got that's that's a lot of testosterone going through your body when you're doing that, right? A lot of weight going there, no doubt There's about a lot of, it. A lot yeah, of yeah, weight. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Sam, will you at some point? Yes, for next show, yeah. will you at some point add the other uh, fourteen wheels or whatever it is? No. No, there's no reason for me to drive a, a Class A vehicle ever. I, I'll never uh, be a, a real truck driver, but. Who cares you about the trailer? Yeah, but I just need to drive it, and so that's all I need to do. That's it. Come on. Come on. I'll come out there. We'll do it together. All right. Well, I'll think about it. We'll talk about it next month. All right. Thanks, man. Right, You're Sam. the best, Greg. There he is. Sam the Cooking Guy. Appearing via the Fogo Charcoal Hotline. A little burger basic for you there if you uh just new to burgers. Jamie Proviance coming up. Right after I talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grill, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. As we were talking about earlier with Malcolm Reed, you like to take them with you. I'm sorry, that was Emily Detweiler. You like to take the cookers with you now. She's going to be grilling it up for some eight-use uh, baseball with her son. I got, uh, I don't even know what the hell you we are with my youngest Marley in softball this coming summer, but I... Have a very diligent plan on bringing the Davy Crockett with me, and if I don't have the ability to plug it in in a traditional outlet, I can use a 12-volt outlet right in my vehicle. It goes anywhere. I get that wood-fired taste. I can also get a bigger unit, Jim Bowie or the Daniel Boone, if I want. Stick them up my patio. You know I got both of those anyway. So the Daniel Boone I will have to add. But I will be the king of the softball tournament this coming summer. You can go to GreenMountainGrills.com and read up on both lines, the Classic line and the Prime line, which was just released a handful of months ago. 12-volt technology on all of those. They also have rubs, sauces, pellets, and all that stuff. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Jamie Proviance coming up out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content. In an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And this portion of the show is brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816 945 2232. That's 816 945 2232 or visit fireboard.com. All right, helping me close it down tonight, a legend in the cookbook writing realm, especially when it comes to live fire landscape. Last time he was on, we were talking about. Weber's Greatest Hits, and this time around, we are talking about the new effort entitled Weber's Ultimate Grilling, 
a step-by-step guide to barbecue genius that is available for sale. So let's go ahead and race to the Fogo Charcoal Hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Jamie Provines. Jamie, how are you, buddy? I'm great, Greg. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. Appreciate you making time for the show as always. And, uh, well, let me ask you right off the bat. I asked my last guest, Sam, the cooking guy who's kind of out in your neck of the woods. I don't know what kind of a sports fan you are per se, but do you, uh, prognosticate a NBA final matchup? Well, I heard you talking about sports. Uh, I'm much more of a hockey fan um, than that. uh, Sorry, excuse for a Canadian that you were talking to. (laughs) Right. Uh, I, I grew up in New England and played hockey a lot and um, now live out in California where we have the Sharks who yep. are doing remarkably well there in well. Game 7 tomorrow. So that's kind of where my attention is. Uh, Jamie Proviance joining me here on the show. You can find him at his website, jamieproviance.com, on Instagram and Twitter, at Jamie Proviance. Uh, Jamie, this book, The Weber's Ultimate Grilling, A Step-by-Step Guide to Barbecue Genius, is one that is being billed as the most forward-thinking, visually instructive, and easy-to-use grilling books ever published. Do your other cookbooks take offense? (laughs) No, not at all. I tell you, uh, I wrote a book about 10 years ago called Weber's Way to Grill. It was the most successful book to date. I mean, it sold millions of copies all over the world. It still sells really well in Europe, and uh, I think you can still get it here in the U.S. But the thing about that book, we tried to figure out, you know, why was it working so well? What did people love about it? It had a fair amount of step-by-step photography and a pretty good emphasis on techniques, like, okay, here's the recipe, but here's what you really need to focus on if you want some top-quality results. So this book is just taking that approach and just blowing it much bigger and, and greater. So instead of having you know three or four step-by-step photos with each recipe, there are eight, 10, sometimes you know 15 or 20 photos. Because I think that's what people were really responding to. I mean, obviously the, the food has to be good. It has to taste great at the end. So the recipe has got to be really solid. But it's the instruction in that step-by-step photography that people seem to respond to then, and I hope will respond to even more now because there's just a lot more of it. Uh, Jamie Provines joining me here on the show. Is there a point to which you can give too much information? In other words, can somebody be uh, can somebody look at a book that is really uh, directionally driven and go, okay, well, mm-hmm. I cannot deviate at all, otherwise everything is going to go south? Yeah. Uh, or if I don't have this ingredient, I'm not going to be able to diverge. Can you have too much instruction? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I've certainly looked at books. You know, some of the textbooks that I used when I was in cooking school were kind of like that, where it, it was it was so intense. It was it was literally a textbook. You just thought, you know, this sucks. I don't I don't want to do this. It sounds like a chemistry experiment, and I'm going to do something wrong. And you know, of course, there was the chef there looking over your shoulder and thick German accent telling you what a lousy cook were and you you never make it in this industry. Um, So anyway, I've seen those kinds of books and and definitely wanted to steer away from that. Uh, This sort of gets into how you make a book, how you design a book so that just visually it's very welcoming. You know, it's very um, easygoing, if you will. you got to have a variety of styles. You can't put too much text on any page. 
Um, and, you know, there's a lot of information here, but you'll see when you look in the book, I think you've got a copy. It's, it's sort of like looking at a little video, which is cool because it's like a film strip where you've taken out all the most important points and you almost don't even have to read the recipe. You just sort of watch the images go by step by step and think, oh, I can do that. And that was always my goal. I never wanted to make, you know, the most complicated recipes. Ultimate doesn't mean super intense. You know, you're going to spend three days at this. Ultimate to me, well, actually, I was just writing about this for a blog. That it, To me, it's, it's more of like a feeling that you get, like when you sit down, you're enjoying the spread that you've made and you got your friends around and you think, wow, that food, that came out really well. And I did that. That is cool. You know, to me, that's, that's like the ultimate feeling. That's what I'm trying to get to in Weber's Ultimate Grilling. So in this book, do you try and focus on spending a certain percentage of the book dedicated to the beginner and then to the intermediate and to the expert? Or can you not build a book in relation to those levels of expertise? You know, I think when you write a book, certainly when I write a book, it's almost always to that entire spectrum. You, you just have to. Um, it's tough enough to sell books in this world. <laughs> um, you got to pick a, a pretty wide audience. Um, and then, as I said, you got to package the information or design it in a way that the beginners kind of know where to go. You know, they're attracted to certain things. The advanced people know where to find that stuff. They'll look for those techniques. Um, but, you know, to your point about beginners, I start out the whole thing with what I call the four T's, which I've come to understand is like the fundamentals of how to do stuff right at the grill. Most beginners are scared of the grill, frankly. They look at it like this big, hot, burning thing and thinking, you know, I'm going to get hurt or I'm going to screw up dinner or whatever. And so I say, look, focus on these four T's. Focus on temperature. That is, you know, get the grill to the right temperature. Time, know how long that food's going to be on there. Use the right technique, and that can be as simple as knowing whether it's direct or indirect or something more intense like cold cooking or cedar planking or something like that. And then just have the right tools for the job. If you nail those four things, those four T's, you are well on your way to success. So that's kind of how I uh, bring the beginners in and make them more comfortable and more successful. And then later on in the book, I get into the stuff for the advanced people. Obviously, you, you love all the recipes, of course. But are there a few that stick out as personal favorites? Yeah, there are. Um, you know, I heard you talking a lot about meat and steak tonight, which is always uh, a favorite of mine as well. Um, did a lot of cool stuff with steak in this book. You know, it's it's primarily a technique book, as I've said. So I wanted to cover the variety of ways that you can approach cooking a steak. Everything from what I call the sear and slide, you know, where you sort of sear it over direct heat and slide it over to indirect, cold cooking it, uh, reverse sear, of course, uh, cooking it on a griddle or a plancha. Uh, there's one recipe that I just did with a porterhouse steak, although you could do it with really any cut. Um, it's a sear and slide, but then it's finished with this really nice cipollini, sort of red wine braised cipollini onions, where you put them in a, in a little griddle pan with some butter, brown them up, get them nice and sweet and caramelized, and then you add red wine and stock and balsamic vinegar, um, brown sugar, a little bit of bay leaf. Let that reduce down until it gets really syrupy. It's kind of a sweet and sour, an agra dolce type of thing. And you put that over a really nice seared steak, mm. 
And it's, it's a definitely a new favorite of mine. So let's talk about the sear and slide technique, as you had mentioned. I mean, that had been the longest running standard of how to cook a steak forever and ever and ever. And then I would say over the last, let's say, four years or so, is it incorrect for me to say that that has started to trend down and the reverse sear has really started to take hold as being the favorite way of cooking a steak, especially as people leading classes to the backyard people? Well, I think it's fair to say that the reverse sear is getting a lot of press because it's it's new and cool and everyone wants to try something different. And I could be wrong about this, but I'm guessing that if you were to go to everyone in America grilling a steak tonight, you know, I'd say 90% of them are probably just grilling it up over direct heat. It is the simplest way to go. Yeah, you might not get that incredibly wide swath of, you know, juicy red meat, but you're still going to get some really nice juicy meat if you do it properly. It's just easy and it works, which for most people is is kind of the reason you grill, right? It's it's easy and delicious. So, yeah, we can talk about reverse sear and I, and I love it. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it makes good press, but most people I think are still doing it the old school way. Uh, what, so where do you fall out on the sous vide debate? You know, I have no real interest in sous vide, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, if I go to a restaurant and somebody's sous vide something for me, great. Um, all power to you. But I just, I have no need for a sous vide machine in my house. I, again, I think it's kind of something that the press likes to latch on to. And I'm sure that if you're going for like the ultimate results, it's a great tool. But I mean, don't you think as a, as a population, I mean, let's, everybody wants to shit all over the millennials here, but I think that that group has really brought us into a whole different realism of, of where food is and what we want to know about our meat and the food that we're eating. And then techniques as well, sous vide possibly being a, a, a shoot off of this. Isn't it, I don't know if it's necessarily press per se that's uh, really driving it or the ability to just be exactly pinpoint accurate on temperature, not being able to, or not having the eventuality of overcooking like you would if you had it in a grill or a pellet cooker doing a, a reverse here. Eventually it's going to overcook once it shoots past the temperature that you want it at. If you're not paying attention, it's not going to do that in a sous vide. And then you can take it out, dry it off, throw it on a hot cast iron pan or a hot grill, get that sear that you're looking for color-wise, and you have a perfectly cooked steak in the middle. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And, you know, I'm all for the millennials being conscious about what we're eating and thinking about sustainability and all that. Totally on board with that. This idea of using sous vide or any sort of other sort of what I would call unnecessarily complicated equipment to me is is a distraction from what you can do with the grill by itself, right? So it's like, I, you know, I don't know, if you play golf, you know, I, I, I know a bunch of buddies who, who love golf and they're always going out and buying the latest, you know, <laughs> new golf clubs made of some new titanium, this, that with a different balance. And, you know, it's going to give them another 20 feet of their driver or whatever. I'm thinking, you know, if you took that money and you actually invested in some lessons instead, you might actually be a better golfer. So it's sort of the same thing for me with grilling. It's like if you just learn how to grill properly, you're going to get some really great results. They may not be as great as, you know, Thomas Keller's producing at the French Laundry in Napa Valley with his sous vide machine. 
that you pay $300 or for whatever, <laughs> you know, but they're going to be really gratifying. And you kind of, there's also some pride too. And like, I did this myself, you know, just me and the charcoal and the grill and a pair of tongs. I think it's pretty cool when you can totally satisfy yourself and your guests with great technique. Jamie Provence on the show talking about Weber's Ultimate Grilling, the new book that's released, a step-by-step guide to barbecue genius, available for sale everywhere, of course, uh, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So go out and grab a copy if you don't have one yet. Have you ever done or or would you ever consider doing a uh, competitive steak cooking event? I have never done one, no. Uh, Absolutely, I would. Uh, It sounds fun. Um. Yeah. So the I mean, I'm the, open to it. I guess it would depends a little bit on the parameters. You know, some of them they they tie your hands behind your back and they make you you know butcher the cow right there up on <laughs> on site. You know, I'm just kidding, but you know they like to make these reality shows into something ridiculous. I'm not so much into that. But if I want to just go to a competition where everyone's got the same steak and the same basic pantry, yeah. and let's see who's got the best technique, I'm all for that. So, I mean, the, the question's a little loaded on my end, and, and uh, I mean, I'm not surprised that you're a competitive guy and that you, you know, wouldn't mind taking part as long as, as the field is or, or the uh, the landscape is the same. And so, like an SCA event, for instance, and everybody's going to cook a ribeye steak. There's a draw process. You can bring whatever cooker you want. You bring whatever seasonings and flavors you want. Certainly, there has seemed to have developed a certain way that the steak might have to look, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, that's just competition barbecue has gone down that path state competition might be going down that path but all that aside it's as even as the playing field as you're going to be able to get without any real regulation on what you should or should not be using from a cooking and a seasoning standpoint long way to get to where i'm about to get you're down with doing the competition stuff it seems to me that a lot of people that would also be in your position and i have asked this question to some of those other people have zero interest in doing that. I think uh, a because it might they perceive that that would then put a chink in their credibility armor, if you will, or that the expectation would be that they go out and win because of what their name represents or how many books they have sold, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, but you're not necessarily uh, akin to that line of think, which is refreshing, I guess. Well, I can understand where they're coming from, I, I think. You know, the idea is if you win, it's like, oh, well, you know, he's a pro and he does this for a living, so it's not really fair. And if you lose, it's like, ah, look at that big shot, you know, he sucks. <laughs> and <laughs> So <laughs> from that perspective, uh, I can see why somebody wouldn't want to do it. To me, it just sounds like fun. Um, you know, if it's done right, if it's a good environment, if there aren't some wacky rules involved, Um, you know, and whether I win or lose, you know, this stuff is so subjective anyway. Um, I I think particularly if it's on television, I think it makes for good entertainment and actually education because you see people using different techniques and creating different flavor profiles. I think, you know, viewers would really benefit from that. Uh, Jamie, from a barbecue hall of fame standpoint, if we could you know, weed out all the the processes of how people would get inducted here in 2019. Are there uh, two or three people that you would just put right in right away if you could? Oh, gosh. You know, this isn't a topic that I follow very carefully. So I'll I'll think of some people that I really respect. They may already actually be in there. I don't know. Um, 
uh, Bill Durney in uh, Brooklyn, New York at Hometown Barbecue. He's making some of the best barbecue that I've ever eaten. And I just, I like his whole approach. I like the way that he involves his community, um, really reflecting the, the demographics there. Um, and always paying homage to, you know, Louis Miller in, in Texas. Uh, I think he would be right up there at the top of the list. I think Chris Lilly is already in, right? Yes. Didn't he get in last year? Yeah. yeah a couple of years ago. Chris yeah. has been a friend of mine for a long time and, and um, just an amazing ambassador for the whole sport of, uh, of barbecue. Um, who else? Um, well... There's this guy in Cleveland. I don't know if you've heard of him, but um, he does this radio show, you know, this internet show that's really good and informative. He has on some of the greatest guests that you know you can ima- imagine. I don't know how much he pays them, but uh, somehow he gets some really top-notch. Talking people. about me, I just <laughs> figured it out. You're talking. Look at this guy, man. This is why Jamie Provines is my favorite guest every time <laughs> he comes on. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a, a, an awkward question being put on the spot like that, and uh, and and who knows what the the barbecue Hall of Fame really means to. Or that's why I like to just strip all the stuff away and just say, hey, you know, who do you like? And and I guess that kind of leads me into my next question: is from a a live fire heroes standpoint, like who is your mentor? Or who do you look up to when? You think about writing a new cookbook or somebody that has inspired the way you cook or a style. Well, you know, I got to tip my hat to Stephen Reichlin because um, when I was just a, a, a little lad, <laughs> you know, I was in cooking school just learning how to do this stuff in a very basic way. I read his, uh, I think, Barbecue Bible might have been the first one. Yeah. And it was... Uh, it was eye-opening, you know. Um, I, I really loved the the breadth of his information, the way that he wrote. Um, he just had a great amount of uh, authority and um, expertise. So um, I uh, I continue to you know watch his career, and and, he, and all of, he'll always be considered a mentor. I think my mentors now are not so much in the grilling and barbecue world, but maybe other food writers and, and chefs who were kind of breaking new ground. Um, you know, I'm thinking of people like Michael Pollan, who's, who's written some really interesting stuff on food. Uh, Dan Barber, uh, chef in New York, who's uh, really doing some interesting things. Uh, my thing is kind of looking at those people and those kinds of restaurants and trying to sort of pull some of that perspective into the grilling and barbecue world rather than just kind of repeating what we've been doing for a long time. Jamie Proviance joining me here on the show. If you want to check out his website, jamieproviance.com, on Instagram and Twitter, at Jamie Proviance, and grab a copy of the brand-new book, Weber's Ultimate Grilling, a step-by-step guide to barbecue genius. Jamie, always appreciate the time that you give to the show, getting caught up, and hope to do it again soon. Great. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for what you're doing. There he is, Jamie Proviance with the new book. On the Fogo Charcoal Hotline, everybody. That's right. Weber's Ultimate Grilling, a step-by-step guide to barbecue genius. Hey, I, I as I said, I mean, I thought for sure. It's a loaded question, of course. No, I don't want any part of competition. Most of the guys don't. As long as it's not anything wacky, Jamie said, I'm down. 
I agree. That's why I'm going to be doing a Steak Cook-Off Association event, as long as I don't forget, in uh, wherever it is. Hartville, Ohio. That's right. I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be changing the game down there in Hartville. It's going to be great. All right, again, Jamie's book is Weber's Ultimate Grilling, a step-by-step guide to barbecue genius. Great insight there and off-topic conversation, which I appreciate. I'm sure he's been talking ad nauseum about the book and hopefully appreciates the the outside-of-the-box questions and not just the same old stuff. Tell me about this great... How long was it taking to write that book, ladies and gentlemen? Books are great. We are back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Bobby Rempke from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, thanks again to Jamie Proviance, jamieproviance.com, at Jamie Proviance, Instagram and Twitter. And let's go ahead and roll it out all the way back in the first hour. Malcolm Reed from Killer Hogs. He's the pitmaster of said team, also the creator of How to Barbecue Right, howtobbqright.com, the website. Subscribe on YouTube. Check out all the recipes, some of the demos that he's been doing, a lot of videos on the beefer. All guests appearing via the Fogo Charcoal hotline, fogocharcoal.com, as it shows up right right there. Me, me. Then we talked with Emily Detweiler from Smithfield. SmokingWithSmithfield.com is your primary destination. Don't forget, if you want to take part in that national championship in November in New Orleans, you have to be registered. They are tracking all points regardless if you're registered right now, but in order to take advantage of the championship, you have to be registered. Do that at SmokingWithSmithfield.com. Also, a couple consumer items that are going to be going. Uh, Get Grilling with Smithfield. So check out that website and make sure that you're signed up to take part. 5G's you could win. Hot and fast, low and slow, all the fun stuff. Second hour, we talked with Sam the Cooking Guy, thecookingguy.com, his website. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. Burgers and burgers and burgers recently. Close it out with Jamie Proviance. Weber's Ultimate Grilling, a step-by-step guide to barbecue genius, available for sale everywhere, Amazon.com included. JamieProviance.com, at JamieProviance, Instagram and Twitter. Big show planned for you next Tuesday. Big show planned for you next Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget till next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Reppy. Good night now.